This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is Lauren Lester, the voice of Robin and Nightwing. And you're listening to the DCAU Review. Hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com. And on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets, preying on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of power. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland. Is that? He moves in darkness. For some, he is a rumor, a name whispered in the corridors of the underworld, waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You crazy! Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The Dark Knight is here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. Welcome, everybody, to episode 231 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal. With me, my good friend and good brother, Liam. Liam, we are continuing here in the month of October, looking back in celebration of the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series. Taking a look back at some of those early episodes that we covered on the uh, the early days of the podcast here, kind of before we found our flow and voice. And uh, we have another exciting one to look at today, a legendary episode. And not only that, we are joined by an incredible special guest correspondent again this week. That's right, Cal. Uh, we didn't necessarily start planning this to be Watchtower Database Month on the show, but thankfully, uh, all three of the uh, the main folks on that channel were nice enough and generous enough to join us. We had James and Ted already, and thankfully, joining us this week is Maddie Paul, the third uh, the third head of that three headed monster over at the over at the Watchtower Database, joining us to review an absolute classic in Beware the Gray Ghost. Maddie, thank you so much for joining us. First take, first try. <laughs> That's right. This Perfect. is uh, <laughs> no notes. No, but I, I what I was saying the the first time. I assume uh, we're gonna have you know week four of this month be hosted by Data James or Kurt or maybe even Doctor <laughs> Manhattan, right? Doctor Manhattan did get a name check last week, so uh, yes. And if if you know that you're a uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably a avid Watchtower database lover as we are. And uh, of course, Watchtower database just wrapped up uh, oh, one no. of their one of their storylines, uh, an incredible uh, Harley Quinn and uh, and Batman Will it Cannon, and uh, man. This month, Watchtower Database is continuing with Zeta Month for all of the Zeta fans, all 10 to 12 of them. <laughs> we know how many there are because they list all of them, all 12 of them listen to the podcast and we see how many people listen to it. So, uh, but today we are here with Maddie, as Liam mentioned, to, uh, to break down a classic, a legendary episode, Beware the Grey Ghost, which of course, uh, even I think your layman Batman the Animated Series fan knows this this episode can spout off lines from it 
just for, for a multitude of reasons, as we'll get into today. But uh, we will look back, Liam and I will look back at the scores that we originally gave this, uh, this back uh, originally on episode 25 of the podcast. So we're on episode 231 this week. So it's, it's a little bit ago. A little bit. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see whether or not, to, do we agree with ourselves? Are we holding fast to those? We, we can't revise our scores, but do we, do we agree or disagree with ourselves? Maddie will have uh, scores themselves so uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great yours are gonna be the only ones that really count this week maddie so so make them count all right no pressure no pressure yeah i do love counting that is part (laughs) (laughs) that is part of the job (laughs) so before we get into the actual plot as we'll discuss the episode itself we will get into what we've dubbed james's favorite part of the episode which is the official imdb synopsis yes it is crowdsourced (laughs) thus making it not official but to us it is official because it is on the internet movie database so therefore (laughs) we are going to get the official imdb synopsis which of course is brought to you by the pod tower head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower to check out our entire catalog of episodes check out episode 25 if you want to hear our original thoughts on this episode and tremendous content of course from watchtower database maddie has stuff up on there so check that out as well we uh liam i'll throw it over to you for the official imdb synopsis that's right so this is the synopsis for beware the gray ghost which was written by dennis o'flaherty what a wonderful name and tom ruger <laughs> with a teleplay by mr ruger and garen wolf directed by Boyd Kirkland with music by Carl Johnson and animation by Spectrum. And that synopsis reads as such. A series of bombings reminiscent of a long lost TV series occur and the washed up star of it may be connected. Not terrible. I think no. that, that that's as far as crowdsource is concerned, they stuck to the, the actual plot itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we open up the episode this week and we get, uh, we get, it's black and white and we get a, a tremendous theme song that we'll talk about in music here in just a little bit, but uh, it's, it's a little bit confusing if you're not quite sure what's going on, but we see a, a shadowy figure and a voiceover from a great, uh, a great voiceover artist. And they, uh, they announced that in fact, uh, people lurking in the shadows should be aware of the, the gray ghost. So I, uh, yeah. Yeah, insert that, 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 uh, that, that voiceover uh, announcer is the same one from Freakazoid. the night a silent crusader carries the torch of justice those with evil hearts beware for out of the darkness comes the gray ghost tonight's episode the mad bomber I had that in my notes. I was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> a Bruce Tim connection. Very good. We like that. Uh, I think we talked Tom Ruger connection too. Didn't we talk right. to we talked to James about Freakazoid? This is the second time this month Freakazoid <laughs> has been mentioned on this this podcast, and that is it's a pretty rare thing for that to happen. That's so. right. Hey, we're doing we're doing Zeta month. You're doing Freakazoid month. Freakazoid <laughs> month. Here at the DCAU review, Love man. It. If you thought nobody listened to Zeta Project podcast, <laughs> oh boy, wait till we get the numbers for Freakazoid. <laughs> I, yeah. I've got a feeling that Freakazoid would do better, actually. <laughs> It's probably niche enough 
where somebody remembers it. I don't know. There's probably a Freakazoid podcast out there right now. Let's be honest. Though. There's, there's I, wouldn't, pro- I wouldn't doubt it. A Freakazoid watch along podcast. <laughs> so we, uh, we get quickly realized that it is in fact a young Bruce Wayne who is watching a, a television program in black and white television, uh, getting ready to go to bed. And uh, his, his father tells him it's almost time for bed. He needs to, to wrap it up, but he'll let him watch the end of the gray ghost first. But uh, we get the gray ghost and a, we hear a buzzing sound and then see an explosion, not all that different than the explosion we see at the beginning of Batman, the animated series intro either. We see an explosion and uh, we, we see the, I, I guess, whoever's in charge of the police, the police captain or whatever, talking uh, just with the gray ghost, giving him a ransom note signed from the mad bomber, threatening to blow up more buildings across his city if there's not a ransom paid. And then we flash to uh, what's out of the black and white into a color scene. We hear a very similar buzzing and another explosion. And we see Batman arriving at the scene of an exploding building. And Commissioner Gordon hands him the exact same note with the exact same wording. Pay up or pay the consequences. One million in cash or the Piedmont Bank is next. Sign the Mad Bomber. consequences one million in cash or the gotham bank is next signed the mad bomber so we're set up here very early on that there are indeed some parallels to exactly what's going on uh, here between uh, B- batman in real life and this old episode of beware the gray ghost yeah what what i love about it is that it's so similar that like the, the present day Gotham Mad Bomber like completely mimics the handwriting of the note <laughs> from the, the, yep. the 30 years earlier. Do you think he used the prop? Oh yeah, maybe, maybe he, it was a prop. Maybe he that, had the prop that Simon Trent sold, Simon Trent well. sold to him and he's just like, here, I'm going to use this again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> That's possible. I mean, you know, I'm sure using the same handwriting does cut down on production costs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just they just handed them the 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 original batman the animated series prop sheet and said use it in the future that's right <laughs> make it color <laughs> there we go yeah so we uh we we established there that that it seems familiar to batman but he's not quite sure how or why and uh as, as we then cut to uh, a flashback as we see that young bruce had fallen asleep during this particular episode of the gray ghost and so he didn't quite see exactly how things uh shook out but uh, as older bruce wakes up and sort of a from t- a tossing and turning in his bed he he re- he suddenly remembers that it's connected to this old gray ghost cartoon and we get to see like bruce not batman bruce wayne is kind of on the hunt now to to figure out what uh what exactly the connection is to the gray ghost and he's trying to track down a copy of uh of of this one episode that he sort of vaguely remembers from his childhood which is this is definitely a plot that can only happen in an era where the internet didn't exist huh like, like <laughs> right i mean i mean it's 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 kind of 
funny that uh, he's basically doing the Watchtower database thing of trying to trying to track down lost media right. <laughs> of, uh, of, of, of superheroes. You, uh, you know what would have really helped here? You know what would helped here for this? An official IMDb synopsis for this episode. <laughs> if he had an official IMDb synopsis, <laughs> I would have told you right there that the cars were responsible for this, but no IMDb to go to, right? <laughs> That's right. This, yeah, this is this is the uh, like the Justice League Burger King comics of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh even 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 harder to find might be the flash silly putty comic oh my go. gosh <laughs> there you go so uh so he does go and search he finds the only guy in town that has every tv show that you could ever imagine on original film reels and uh wouldn't you know it uh, this is the one show he's not able to track down because the the studio spectra not spectrum spectra Burned down. Spectrum did do the uh, uh, did do the animation on this one, so I think yeah. it was an intentional reference. I'm sure it was. Yes. Uh, hopefully they weren't threatening to burn down Spectrum <laughs> based on the episode. Like but if that cow <laughs> nose droops any lower, <laughs> we're gonna burn Spectrum to the ground. Uh, so so yeah, Spectra is the uh, is the film studio that burned tragically, losing the entire library of uh, of the Grey Ghost. So, according to this gentleman, the Grey Ghost no longer exists. And well, so so before we leave the video store, I want to say that that is based on a real life location. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I I did a little bit of of of, of backstory research to just be like, like ahead of the game uh, for the podcast. So I listened to. Uh, Justin Michael from Batman the Animated Podcast did an interview with Tom Ruger nice. about uh, about this episode, and there wasn't a lot of, of of like you know behind the scenes trivia, but he did say this is based off of Eddie Brandt's Saturday matinee in Los Angeles. Interesting. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, I love I love the fact they based it on something because it is weirdly specific to have like just Batman goes to, or Bruce goes to a, a place that has this entire catalog of every television show ever. Like, I, I don't know. Just that's, not that one. Right. <laughs> just not that one. Correct. But yeah, that's awesome. A great, great little tidbit there. So we uh, yeah. So unable to find that we do find out that Bruce tries to figure out just uh, who the star of the show is. Can't remember the name of who the actor was. I love that Alfred puts in <laughs> here that he also doesn't know, but because he doesn't watch television, he prefers his fireplace. <laughs> so many actors. I wish I knew the one you're looking for, Master Bruce, but I don't watch television. I prefer my fireplace. I found him. Simon Trent. Dapper looking chap. And he's living right here in Gotham. Yeah. So they so they have to they have to end up turning to uh the, that book, The Players Directory, which on <laughs> Andrea Romano says is a real thing that exists and huh. is how she did a lot of her casting. Uh so she's stuck in like a kind of kind of uh in insider uh business insider gag there. Love that. Tremendous. And wouldn't you know it, he's able to track down Simon Trent, who was the actor that in fact played the Grey Ghost, thank, thanks to this, uh, this encyclopedia of actors. And, uh, and so uh, he, wouldn't you know it, he also just happens to be living in Gotham City. What a, what a coincidence. Yeah. In, is... uh, in the Chelsea Arms Hotel, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly yeah, what correct. it was called. And I've been trying to figure out, because I know I've seen that background in other episodes, I've been trying to figure out who else lives in there. 
Uh, oh, shoot. I just found it. Uh, it comes back up in Joker's Millions. Uh, and Joker's living in there. Oh. <laughs> Joker and the Grey Ghosts are neighbors. That's <laughs> tremendous. I, I mean, I would hope by the time we get to Joker's million that gray ghost has you know recouped enough, enough from those those vhs slash maybe blu-ray sales <laughs> to get uh, to get, to out, get of out of there problems. yeah yeah hopefully so hopefully they're paying him nice royalties on that uh, on that show re-release hope so yes <laughs> but yeah that uh, yeah we see a pretty tragic like again we just we talk about this a lot with with especially this early show when this show was still kind of finding its footing to go to like a kid's cartoon. It's a Batman cartoon. And we're going to do this scene about this sad old man who used to be a famous actor and now can't get a job. And his, his landlord's pounding on his door, telling him that he's, that he's late on his rent and that he's going to throw him out on the street if he doesn't pay up. And he, you know, he calls his agent and his agent tells him he can't, you know, can't find him a part. And, He's so angry. He's looking at the, this like shrine to his 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 once famous healthy career, and he starts throwing things and breaks down weeping. And I'm like, this was on at like 3 p.m. in the afternoon on a Wednesday on Fox <laughs> Kids in 1992. Somehow, like it's 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 real. I mean, it's very dramatic, and it's very it really sets up who this Simon Trent character is when we find him and it makes it makes it that much more exciting when he does take the more heroic turn but in the moment I'm just like I can't believe this was on a children's cartoon like it's one of those moments that really strikes you I feel like oh definitely and like you know that's one of the great things about Batman the Animated Series and really all of the the Tim produced uh, uh stuff is that the 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 creative forces behind it always had a let's make a show that kids will enjoy, but let's not talk down to them mm -hmm. uh, kind of thing. And it's made it, it's made it last uh, the test of time, honestly. Absolutely. Like I can't, I can't imagine a different version of Batman animated series where it was just constantly, you know, the, the like, don't play with guns right. kind of thing. Yes, like, a cartoon. None of us would none of us would be going back to that 30 years later. Right, correct. Yep. Right, exactly. Yeah. Other than yeah, other than like the irony kind of enjoyment of of some of those like G.I. Joe or some of those 80s cartoons, you don't you don't really see people really not a lot of people, not in the numbers that the people that are still able to go back and kind of derive new new enjoyment like all of us can with the with this series but yeah I just so we uh we establish here that uh, simon's gonna take all of his uh, remaining gray ghost merch and sell it to this uh seemingly uh innocent toy toy shop owner in his uh, his vintage toy store and uh, he looks a little familiar we'll talk about that yeah. in visuals we'll talk about this guy looks, <laughs> looks strangely familiar sounds familiar too that's right he kind of sounds like the j-man from batman beyond <laughs> that's right i could i can see it okay, maybe. i can hear it could, maybe could the j-man be like this guy's grandson <laughs> Is that impossible? <laughs> You're the timeline expert, Maddie. Is it impossible <laughs> that the J-Man... <laughs> There's no evidence to suggest, but also no evidence to suggest not. Also also related to, to Booster Gold from right. Batman and Harley Quinn <laughs> and Two-Face from Justice League versus the mm -hmm. Fatal Five. There's some the shallow gene pool. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. But yes, he's, so he sells... 
he sells off his remaining merch and uh, and returns to his apartment sort of dejected. He's told he's not going to get much money for the Grey Ghost merch just because it's not very popular. And uh, the, the toy store owner gestures over to this large collection of merchandise that's on sale. Uh, so he's, he's having trouble moving products. So he doesn't give him much, but he gives him enough to pay one last month's rent and uh, as as Simon Trent returns to his apartment, he uh, sort of longingly looks at the, the last bit of merchandise he has and says, well, old friend, you paid for the rent for the last time and then uh, takes a nap in a, in a chair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so Simon goes to take a nap and he wakes up and uh, mysteriously all of his merchandise is back in the apartment with him, much to his surprise. There is also well, some of it, not all of it. There's there's some cars missing. Yeah, true. Good. At the very least, at the very least, there are some some cars missing. But we get uh, we we get we get a oh and he returns the Grey Ghost costume uh, which uh, to which has a note attached to it asking uh, him to meet a friend at the uh, at the Gotham Library that night I believe or mm-hmm. someplace one of the buildings downtown. So Simon, uh, dressed in a trench coat, arrives at the uh, at the meetup spot and uh, he's startled to see Batman there waiting for him. And Batman wants to shake him down and get some information. And Simon just—he's just not having it. He's like—he's like the guy at, at any comic con who's like, "Listen, I'm not—I'm not that role that I played. I'm a human being. Can you please just stop asking me questions as if I'm—I'm I'm actually the hero I played on TV. I'm not—I'm not actually the Grey Ghost." What do you want from me? Some madman is blowing up Gotham piece by piece. Somehow it's connected to the Grey Ghost, to you. What are you talking about? I'm just an actor. The Grey Ghost was a part I played. The bombings in Gotham are exactly like an episode of The Grey Ghost. I need you to remember how it was done. I made hundreds of those shows. They're all a blur. Now leave me alone. Just leave me alone. That noise. Batman just wants to pick his brain about a potential episode. Yeah, I can see that now. <laughs> yeah, Batman's a little, little like mean to him for no reason. Like, excuse me, sixty-year-old well, actor, can you help me stop a murderer? <laughs> so, like, I, I, I like to think that it, it comes into the the theme of like stunted adolescence that's at play here. Is like, you know, Batman is both Batman and Bruce Wayne. So why wouldn't the gray ghost be both the gray ghost and Simon Trent? And he's thinking about it in those terms and like, not as a TV show. This is just, this is my hero. This is my hero. This is my hero. And then, you know, if, if, if he wasn't stunted as an eight year old still, he might've been like, it makes all the sense in the world that this isn't actually the guy that, uh, that was doing the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Precisely. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a reason I, I think even as an adult, people that I've looked up to or people that I've idolized, if I meet them and they're not very nice or they're not very, they're not very like warm, there is that disappointment. Even if you're not associating them directly with the, 
like I'm not like, hey, I meet I meet met a professional athlete. It's like, okay, they're an athlete, but they're also a human being. But if they're kind of mean to me for no reason or they're just kind of like standoffish, I'm like, maybe I can't root for this person anymore if they're kind of right. Or that's kind of a letdown. So it's some of that like expectation that you have that the person is, even if you're not like mentally, like the person is the role that they're playing, they're like the role that they're playing. And then when they're not funny or they're not kind or they're not nice. They're not a hero. They're not a hero anymore. Right. And that's why my wife hates David Spade to this day. Wow. (laughs) That's a story to tell. (laughs) He was mean to her mom, apparently. Oh man. Come on, David. We're getting off. We're track calling here. you out here. <laughs> We're getting off track. That's a separate. That's a separate podcast. The- Call out David. No, Spade. let's start talking about Joe Dirt. <laughs> that's the save it for the Joe Dirt special edition podcast. <laughs> so as we continue here, it, yes, as they're talking, they happen to hear that familiar buzzing, and uh, Batman notices that. Well, actually, he says it out loud. For in, in my mind, I thought Batman just noticed that Simon Trent recognized the sound, but Simon Trent literally goes, "That sound, I recognize that." It's like, okay, he recognizes the sound. We got that. Uh, but uh, takes off running before uh, Batman is able to kind of find out exactly what it is. Chases him back to his apartment. This poor old man locks himself in the apartment. Gets startled half to death. Batman is begging for his help and wouldn't you know it he uh, he happens to have some original copies of the show still on reel and provides Batman with the Mad Bomber episode so uh, Batman is able to then uh, do some detective work while reliving his childhood once again <laughs> yeah that, and that that's kind of the secondary theme of the episode right is that it's like it's a really fun Bruce episode as as much as Batman is as obviously the titular character this is a really Bruce focused episode and they kind of do some things we'll talk about in visuals where they show young Bruce and then kind of pan the camera around do like a little 360 and then all of a sudden we're watching adult Bruce Bruce with just like a little smile on his face as he's sort of seeping back into who he was as a child too and sort of what whether he realized it at the time I guess as we find out later it was it was not an accident how much the gray ghost inspired the Batman shtick, like, mm-hmm. you know, from the, from the gadgets to the gear to the lair. So him sort of seeping back into that for the first time since he was a kid is kind of a, a nice moment. He discovers, in fact, it, it was, in fact, these remote control cars that are responsible for it. And uh, he, he informs the commissioner that the next ransom uh, to be on the lookout for these exploding cars, we get the return of the, uh, the affable, Gotham SWAT team, the the strike force, always always doing something idiotic. I pointed out uh, in our original review, but uh, I love that even though Commissioner Gordon told them to fire, they waited until it was like a foot away from Gordon's face to shoot it and blow it up, <laughs> nearly killing Jim Gordon. Just like more inept police officers, you cannot find than the this this group of guys. Like what a what a terribly terrible group of like no wonder <laughs> gotham is in shambles the way it is you have these guys out there just doing whatever they want to always blowing stuff up with no worry about that anybody else's safety it just controversial take is it any different than real world police <laughs> I, just, I was gonna say there's probably a parallel in that it's like their their whole plan is like okay we know there are these bombs we're gonna shoot them <laughs> that's our plan 
<laughs> we have no other idea of how to contain this. We're just shoot them before they blow up in the building. <laughs> so no, no bomb squad. <laughs> yes, there's no, there's no other plan. Ba- and of course, Batman's plan is not much better as he, as a second uh, remote control car begins to drive up towards the building, he pops out of the front door with the bat flamethrower. Yep. <laughs> and uh, unleashes it. So yeah, they don't explode the building; they just explode everything within like a, a three-block radius around the building. <laughs> Which you know, credible restraint there, knowing that all you got to do to blow up a building is jump through a window and knock a thing over. <laughs> <laughs> The the building materials of the in Gotham City are just like incredibly flammable. Like it's all built with asbestos. That's right. It's asbestos. There's turpentine in the plaster. Or something. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe some lead paint. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Just every uh, every ill advised building code uh, violation you can think of. Probably. I mean, you know, to 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 keep that gothic '40s style. I'm sure building regulations just <laughs> were yep. never even thought of in Gotham. Of course not. Not at all. But uh, yeah, so in the midst of this, one car gets away. Batman is able to find out it's a dummy car. Uh, it doesn't have an explosive in it. He picks it up, sees the gray ghost label on the bottom of it, and immediately realizes he has a piece of evidence here he can examine. But it's a trap, wouldn't you know? There are more cars behind him uh, attempting to blow him up, cornered in this end of this alley. He climbs up a, a rope that's been offered to him. And when he gets to the top of the rope safely, wouldn't you know it, in full costume, full gear, it is, in fact, the gray ghost himself so gray ghost lends a hand helps batman out batman invites him back to the bat cave to do some investigating uh some bo- male bonding time some real bonding time here between these two bros as uh he shows shows the gray ghost the bat cave and uh and the gray ghost is very much blown away about how uh, how eerily similar it is to the gray ghost lair <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This place is amazing. It's just like the Grey Ghost's lair. It's almost an exact replica. Let me show you something else. (gasps) As a kid, I used to watch you with my father. The Grey Ghost was my hero. So it wasn't all for nothing. Batman then shows him his shrine to the uh, to the Grey Ghost. This is my shrine of Grey Ghost merch that I keep down here, and of course, delivers the famous line that uh, he used to watch watch uh, watch him with his father, and that he was uh, the Grey Ghost was his hero as a child. Just in time for the Bat Computer to finish scanning the the car for fingerprints, and wouldn't you know, one of the fingerprints shows up to be Simon Trent. And uh, Batman is immediately suspect that Simon Trent himself may be the Mad Bomber. Fits the fits the criteria. Needs money. Uh, holding up, uh, trying to hold up for money in order to to get a better life for himself. But uh, Mad or the, the Gray Ghost quickly uh, lets Batman know that he sold his cars months ago 
And that's where we realized that, it, in fact, it is the toy collector. Does he have an official DCAU name? Is Ted it- Dimer. Ed, really? Ted. Ted. Ted Dimer. Ted Dimer. Yeah. But uh, uh, no, something, something, I feel like that this part ha- is like the one thing in the episode that feels like a plot hole mm-hmm. because Bruce already knows he's been selling stuff off, right? right did he, right. did he buy it? Didn't he buy it back and like give, give mm-hmm. some of it back to him? And so it, it raises the question, did he go in there as Bruce? Cause if he did, then at the end when Ted Dimer's fighting Grey Ghost and Batman and Grey Ghost has his costume back, like that kind of gives away Bruce might have been involved there. Yeah. Did he, did he go in as Batman? That's got to be fucking weird. Yeah. Did, he, did he did he go in as Batman at night and steal it back? Or did he just have like, he's got a Grey Ghost costume in his shrine. Did he have a second one yeah, lying around and he didn't actually buy it back and brought it to like, what happened there is what I need to know. I need an extended Snyder cut to figure out <laughs> four hour beware the gray ghost. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because in our in our original review, one of the things that we brought up that would have been interesting was for the plot itself, if you investigated this plot thread, you would have need, it would needed to have been a, a two-parter in order to fully flesh out some of this. But if you had where Batman had to take in the Grey Ghost at this point and arrest him, and there was more investigative work that Bruce did, or Bruce had to call back to the fact that, oh yeah, I went to the store where all this stuff was, he's claiming his innocence, there's more investigation there. But because that beat happens so quickly, where it's like, you're the mad bomber. And he's like, no, I'm not. I sold my stuff. You don't really even have time to react. It's like, oh my gosh, Batman's hero might be the villain in this episode. It, it was like, they, they briefly touched on it, but it's not, it's, it com- feels completely unnecessary because you, you deal with it for like a second and then it's over. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, it's plot hole-ish, but like, if you, if you build it out, then either you drag the episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, or, or you know, not either you drag the episode if you build it out you drag the episode right. uh, and and so you know i'm not i'm not going to complain that it's not there but it does raise a question <laughs> it is a weird it's just a weird twist that doesn't really feel like it has a payoff because it's paid off immediately like the payoff isn't worth it because it's immediate like right you're going to throw in that twist it, it should have either been earlier in the episode, like he finds one of the cars and it has Simon Trent's fingerprint on it. And then he tracks Simon Trent down and, and figures out that he's not responsible or it just has the guy's finger or has nobody's fingerprints on it or whatever. I don't know. It, but it just feels like a twist for no reason that isn't right. Yeah. So we find out, of course, uh, as we head back to the, the toy store, uh, he's he's really not all that happy. He's destroying a very valuable Batman action figure, and mm-hmm. uh, and Batman is there, right there, waiting for him, ready to uh, ready to approach. That's kind of where we get the end of the episode here. We get a final showdown. <laughs> That's right. As we get our, our dramatic uh, our our villains manifesto, if you will. Time to put your toys away, little man. I can't. You see, I need the money to buy more toys. I love toys. They can play songs. They can dance. They can even eat money. Oh, boy, can they eat money. All my money. And then I remembered an episode of The Grey Ghost. And I knew what else a toy can do. It can carry a bomb. It can hold a city for ransom. Oh, the power of the toy. It can earn millions. 
Millions for the little old toy collector. Me. <laughs> Uh, not that dissimilar than uh, uh, Scarecrow doing stuff with fear gas so that he could get money to buy more chemicals to make more fear gas. <laughs> uh, we have the the Mad Bomber, the the to- the, uh, the the prototype Toy Man here, uh, basically saying that toys cost a lot of money, and uh, all of his money, in fact, even though he's running a store, he he always wants more, and he just can't uh, he can't seem to uh, to get everything that he wants because of how much everything costs so don't we don't we all know the field right i was gonna say as as, uh as someone who was trying to on the secondary market collect a bunch of batman the animated series dc direct toys right now i feel you man as 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 somebody who wants to get back into the the retro video game collecting hobby after after cashing out a couple years ago before selling but no I, I do think now that we're talking about uh, the motivation for him, though, I do think that there is an interesting thing that comes up with it in that you always hear that the best Batman villains are mirror images of him. Mm-hmm. And, and and sure, the Mad Bomber hasn't like come up in popularity at all. Uh, and I don't think he ever will. <laughs> But like I was saying, with the stunted adolescence theme of the episode, they mirror that in the villain. Uh, and that's that's a lot of just really interesting. It shows how like having that going on for you, it could either put you in a place where you're, you know, spoiled rotten and everything has to revolve around you. Or it can put you in a place where you still have that childlike optimism about you and it does, you know, good to the people around you. And I I like to think we all have the Batman side of it. Right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and all of the YouTube commenters have the mad bombers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tremendous. No, I think that's a great point, though, is that, yeah, there's that... It is very much, he does have that sort of the, the vibe of everything was better 15 years ago and and gosh darn it, I will, I'll do whatever it takes and I'll commit whatever terrible acts to make myself feel like to try to chase that feeling that I had when I was a kid. And yeah, so I, I think I think the big uh, um, the big separation between the two and I think it's as much in real life as it is in the 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 episode itself is that you can tell with Bruce's uh, uh, like stunted adolescence that he has care for what went on behind the scenes the people who actually worked on it and he wants to you know he didn't necessarily at the start think oh you know, the, the, the person behind it isn't the same as the character, but you see him going through that throughout the episode, whereas where Ted Dimer or the Mad Bomber, whatever you want to refer to him as, uh, uh, is coming from, he seems to be a lot more interested in the concept of the gray ghost itself uh, than the people behind the, 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 the product. Because, you know, Simon's coming in every couple weeks and, and the guy's just like, yeah, no, sorry, can't help you. I want you, but can't help you. And also the way that, like, as as you said, like Bruce kind of learns a lesson throughout the episode, where when he first, right, he gives 
Simon Trent the suit and says like, be the hero, help me. And then eventually he does, but on his own terms. And he realized that, oh, it's, even though this person isn't literally the character, so much of what he did in this character inspired me. And then now I pass that on by trying to save people and, and, and do the right thing. And, and, the, and he, t- so he kind of takes the right lessons and learns a lesson even in this of himself of seeing the difference between, you know, who the, who the character was and, and who the, the real person was. So, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that, that sort of leads us to our, to our grand finale is, as Batman, uh, again, gets this sort of manifesto from the, from the Mad Bomber about how he, he's going to keep holding the city for ransom and he seemingly has Batman dead to rights with all of these remote control bomb cars uh, driving around at his feet. But then, as, uh, as Maddie has already alluded to, in comes the Grey Ghost smashing through a window, knocking into the Mad Bomber, into a bookcase which falls forward and immediately... Like, it, all up. it barely touches... <laughs> the uh, the computer screen and it everything just bursts into flames and batman and the gray ghost and and the mad bomber get clear but the whole building and including all of uh of ted dimer's toys go up in smoke here and as we kind of deal with the aftermath of this this boy who never grew up we see that uh this resulting case and also the rediscovery of these original gray ghost film reels has led to a resurgence for simon trent we see uh i wonder I wonder if they had to pay to use that people like they use a there's a people magazine cover with uh with simon trent in the gray ghost outfit and also uh a matt a someone named matt hagan you know what's weird um so i was when i was re-watching it last night i was watching i I believe it's the blu-ray rip it's the version that's on hbo max yeah and they they changed that People magazine. Uh, the DVD and the Blu-ray both look different. I, I'm sure it's a retake that happened while the show was running. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like the most notable thing is that like where the date on that People magazine is, like it looks a lot better in one version than the other. Mm-hmm. But in the version I was watching last night, I don't think it had Matt Hagen's name on the cover either. Yeah, I didn't see it. It looked like gibberish. I thought it looked like it did. It wasn't clear from from what I saw today. Although I didn't rewind it, I just saw it in a brief pass. But yes, yeah, very very interesting that uh, the various you could do a whole video on just the various special edition versions of of Batman the animated series since the original run versus what we see now on digital streaming platforms. Oh, absolutely, and we 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 definitely want to do that at some point. I I want to say that like as we've been talking to people over the years, I want to say, I think the DVD version is like what they wanted out. Mm-hmm. And the Blu-ray version goes back and takes a lot of first takes that they were just like, ah, crap, we got to get a retake when this, right. you know, goes into rerun. Interesting. Uh, and, and so the rerun <laughs> versions are the DVD and the uh, uh, the original versions are the Blu-ray, from what I understand. I'm sure I'm sure that it's probably not like a 100 mm-hmm. percent sure uh, accuracy thing. But uh, yes, yeah, so that's we have our our final scene though, as mentioned, Simon Trent so- signing autographs in full gray ghost garb, and uh, Bruce Wayne himself gets a, gets an, gets his new box set of the of the series autographed and uh we get maybe this is i think up there with maybe the most iconic endings to any of these episodes please make it out to bruce 
There you go, Bruce. Thanks, Mr. Trent. You know, as a kid, I used to watch it with my father. The Great Ghost was my hero. Really? And he still is. Which is that he basically tells him he's Batman without mm-hmm. actually right. That, but he repeats the uh, the aforementioned thing that Cal mentioned, where he you know he says that I used to watch you with my father and and the you know as a child I used to watch the Gray Ghost all the time with my father. That's right, and I, I just imagine the guy in, who's actually now in line getting his stuff signed is like, dude, you had your chance, you walked away. Right. This is my sign <laughs> to talk to him now. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but yes, yeah, so we we get that kind of nice ending there. Is as that again? That's sort of the as as you said the the lesson of the episode is is what you can take from these sort of childhood heroes that you have and the good and the bad that comes from that. And we see the the ultimate good in this case of Bruce being able to publicly you know bring you know help bring bring this hero of his back into prominence and. And also let him know, you know, how much he means to who he inevitably became. Absolutely. So, Liam, our uh, my original score for this uh, for plot is we'll get into and get Maddie's score here in just a moment. But my original score for this was a six out of ten. I think it's a it's a memorable episode. It's mm-hmm. an iconic episode for a lot of reasons. But when you really break down the plot and you look at it, it's a little bit silly. Um, <laughs> I do like the fact. Maddie, your perspective on this and, and the the whole parallels between the two characters, not something I'd ever thought of before. So yeah. that's given me like a new a new perspective on the episode. <laughs> so uh, you're allowed to change your score if you want. I won't stop you. There you go. <laughs> uh, I think I think I also I mean, I also like the fact that the, the writers took this time to give nods and homages to clearly this is who they ended up casting as Simon Trent. This is a this is hey we're we're thanking what came before us the Batman that came before us was impactful to a lot of the people that worked on this show that was their Batman growing up so the fact that Bruce says this line that they used to watch him with his father probably was speaking for a lot of the people that worked on this show when it came to Batman and to to Adam West's uh, you know portrayal as Batman so mm-hmm. uh, there's that nostalgic feeling I I do love the episode the but the the, the toy guy being the, the villain, like doesn't really ever feel like much of a threat. Um, the reveal comes late enough where there's not a ton of, a ton of action at the end. The culmination of the episode doesn't feel very action filled. I do like the excitement of, you know, trying to figure out where the, the bombs are coming from. The car chase is pretty exciting. Um, you know, the explosions happening and all of that are, are pretty exciting. Um, I think if I had to, I, I would probably leave it at a, at a six, maybe with, with Maddie's perspective on, on the, uh, the, the adolescent, uh, stunted adolescent view, I might give it a seven out of 10, uh, maybe bump it up a point, but I, I probably wouldn't differ that much. Um, Liam, yours was a five out of 10. Where do you, where would you land? I'd come up a few points now. I think, I, I, don't, I don't know where I would, yeah, maybe a seven or an eight now. I think, I think especially with Maddie's Maddie's sort of enhancing our our own perspectives, but I, yeah, I think it's just it is because it's a celebration, and I think sometimes just the concept is uh, is so is so much fun, and it's such a, and I think there's also maybe now that we're a few years into this, it's still fun to me to be like we're in, in an extent like we've talked about are reliving our own childhoods by reviewing this show and looking back on it, and then there's an episode 
about Batman reliving his childhood and going back and watching an old show that meant everything to him when he was a kid. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's a, there's a fun like inception level to this that maybe I didn't appreciate entirely the first time that we, uh, we reviewed it, but uh, let's get to Maddie. Do you, and... think, do you think Bruce started a gray ghost podcast after he retired from <laughs> Batman in 2019? I love that. <laughs> so, so absolutely. That's my kind of sure. <laughs> for sure. But no, um, I feel, I mean, I feel like I've got to give this one a nine. Uh, like, like I've already been saying, it's just got so much stuff in it that rings true to life. Uh, and I know you're, you're absolutely correct in like that. The threat isn't gargantuan by any means, but at the same time, I'm not, I've, I haven't ever been the type of person who feels like you have to have a dire threat for the plot to be good. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you don't judge slice of life stuff uh, uh, right. with that metric. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that the threat is something as goofy as the mad bomber a toy collector essentially really does take you back to like that old kind of pulpy like 40s and 50s hero which is Mm -hmm. what they were going for here Mm -hmm. and it's it's already heightened so much just by the love of pulp that went into this series Mm -hmm. uh, uh, as 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 a whole and so like you know deciding to not hit the brakes on that and going full full into it while also delivering such a a heartwarming uh nostalgic and like i said true to life episode like i can't give it anything other than a nine and the only reason it's not a 10 is just because of that one little plot hole (laughs) yeah there you go well strong score i love it um let's uh let's get into animation and visuals lamb that's right. So uh, as mentioned, we have Boyd Kirkland as our director and we have Spectrum providing the animation uh, services. Although to me, this isn't like the classic Spectrum look because I, I always think of the Spectrum Batman as being the one with like the real droopy nose and the more lo- like the longer swooped back ears. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite that. This I don't know if this was an ep- one of those episodes where there's, uh, you know, some of it was maybe farmed out to like a subsidiary studio or something. Mm-hmm. I know when we had uh, when we had Kevin Altieri on the show, he mentioned that that would that would sometimes happen, and sometimes when you see the name of one studio, it's sometimes some sort of smaller studio that they also owned is is doing some of the work here. So I'm not I'm not sure if that's the case or if it's just a you know, a different storyboard team than I'm, than we were used to, or just cause it's, you know, still relatively early in the production order, but it doesn't quite have that normal sweeping spectrum look, but there are still some, some pretty fun visuals from, you know, the, all the bright oranges kind of, you know, the shot at the beginning of Batman standing on the building and the explosion goes off and everything's sort of caked in orange and all these, you know, all the explosions I think are really great and atmospheric and, and, cutting between Batman seeing the explosion and the gray ghost seeing the explosion. So you have the black and white and how they sort of mirror each other and the chief handing the gray ghost, the note followed by commissioner Gordon handing Batman the note and all that stuff that some of the little mirroring of that scene, I think is, uh, is pretty fun visually. Yeah. uh, I I think so. I'm going to start with the headline here. So my original score that I gave this episode was a shockingly lo- so shockingly low that I had to go back and hear why I gave it so shockingly low. I gave it a two out of 10. And I think wow. something I was real upset over the quality. I feel like of the model, like everybody's a little bit off model in certain parts of this episode towards. Oh yeah, for sure. I was going to say that towards the end of the episode, there's also a couple of moments where Batman talks 
and he keeps like freezing and it looks like he forgot to put his dentures in that was my that was like my main gripe listening back to my original review i don't think i would i definitely would would change this because i think there are some great uh cinematic sort of sequences they do especially the first shot that's like a they zoom into the gray ghost's eye and then they zoom back out and there's this sweeping uh sort of 360 that they do with bruce sitting there watching the television and then you know there's parallels to that later on in the episode uh the shot where gray ghost swings through the through the window there's a lot of uh, the batmobile chase there's a lot of pretty dynamic sequences that happen um, but there are some other times where they're just kind of standing there and everybody looks very off model. And it looks like, uh, thankfully, I think, and this is Maddie, what we tend to tend to look at when people are off model, if they're off model in, in five different ways in the episode, that kind of sticks in our crawl more than being uh, off model and, and it being consistently off model, if that makes sense. If it's going to be off model, right. it should be off, look off model the same way throughout the entire episode, which I think it does. It, it's just as if you were watching a different artist, uh, you know, reading a different comic book with a different artist, you know, uh, Jim Lee versus Greg Capullo or something like that, where you're, it's just a different art style. So if mm -hmm. you can get past that point, and it may not be your favorite art style, but if you can get past that point, as long as it looks the same throughout the episode, you can kind of swallow that a little bit easier. What did you, um, what did you think as far as uh, animation and visuals? What stood out to you, Maddie? And, and, uh, and what was your score? Yeah, I mean, you guys both already mentioned uh, some of some of the great uh, parts. Uh, but like I was saying, you know, steering into the pulp direction that they were already building up for this really makes this episode, you know, feel and look uh, uh, just credible. Mm -hmm. I loved all of like the transition between black and white and full color. Mm -hmm. uh, to not not just to show the past but like to show opening up with that 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 gray ghost just like in black and white adventure was incredible all the fire stuff uh is fantastic gray ghost you know swooping in at the end and and being all in silhouette mm -hmm. it was a really really cool uh, uh thing mm -hmm. um in the in the gray ghost uh uh um whatever you want to call it, the shrine, mm -hmm. uh, essentially, uh, where where Batman is Helga Pataki and the gray ghost is Arnold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you've got you've got those those cool little nods of like, you've got a gray ghost poster in there that, that looks like the Batman the animated series mm -hmm. poster. Uh, um, I mean, you've got the Ted Dimer that looks like a pretty like on point Bruce Tim. Mm -hmm. We've already talked about like the 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 environments like the the video store, the the uh the the toy store, which like I know a lot of the times uh in stuff like that they'll they'll paint the backgrounds to have all those toys in there, but they're using toys and stuff as props in here as well. Mm -hmm. And that takes that takes a lot of effort because you got to make all of all of this you know the different cells so that you can move the prop and that it won't be on the background anymore this that and the other right but there is like like you said there are those moments where it's just noticeably off model uh there there's been a there were a couple times watching this that i was just like oh bruce's head is a lot thinner than it should be <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, uh, and you know like it doesn't ruin the enjoyment but it does you know break the fourth wall a little bit where right. you're just like realizing wait hold on 
hold on wait yeah there are the people behind this uh which is like something i love to do uh as as stated earlier but at the same time it does it it does break the fourth wall it takes you out of the piece of entertainment itself and starts making you think about the background of it all sure uh and that's not everyone's cup of tea (laughs) i'd probably i'd i'd probably say that like it's a seven or eight uh let's go seven and a half can we do half scores (laughs) absolutely i'll do okay (laughs) yeah i'll do i'll do i'll do a seven and a half uh (laughs) on the animation then because like there's just there's so much in it that's brilliant but it does just like break you (laughs) every now and then yeah there's a little bit there's some weird perspective shots that they do i think when gray ghost and batman are in the batmobile there's like a weird shot where you get the underside of batman's chin it's like we don't we don't need to see that. There's another one of those shots where Batman he's leaving. It's when he's sort of dejected and leaving uh, Simon Trent's apartment, where we get the the light shining on Batman. And I know that based on that Batman animated book, there was a huge no no for the bat the front side of Batman to be lit and the uh, the no matter what direction he was in, he needed to have the the sort of cell shading just on the top and on the back and have you know uh, the dark black coloring in the front. And they reversed it. And this one shot and it's just glaringly obvious it's like oh this it just doesn't look like what you typically see batman in every other scene so right one of of those things it's like i know that they were not happy with the way that that shot ended up being animated based on what the what the show bible told them to do oh no absolutely i mean you know if you go back and 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 listen to any bruce tim interview he he always talks about how he has a hard time going back to batman the animated series at all Mm -hmm. uh just because it's so easy for him to nitpick and be like oh that wasn't supposed to be looking like that and i i I can imagine uh that almost anything that we pick out is probably something he probably would have picked out as well oh yeah absolutely and 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 then some yeah for sure for sure and and to your point maddie like when you can still sit down and enjoy this episode we we both uh, we all three of us loved this episode i imagine and you know it still holds a, a near and dear it doesn't doesn't take away from the enjoyment until you start looking you're like all right i need to look at this critically as as somebody who's observing what's going on if you can take that critic hat off or that critic glasses off whatever prop you want to use <laughs> you can sit there and watch it and you may be able to enjoy it but when you do sit down and you start kind of picking these things apart it's it's a little bit easier to say hey yeah that that was off model that character looked weird in that section alfred has a gray mustache and gray eyebrows for the entire episode for some reason why <laughs> why does he have a gray yeah. mustache why does he have a gray mustache and gray eyebrows well, that, does, that's does this take me, place in the future the, well that's me suggest that he rogue or he uh he just for men's just his eyebrows and mustache <laughs> every other week and this week he hadn't made a run to the to the drugstore or whatever to pick up his his hair dye his mustache dye must must i'm glad you pointed that out because i kept thinking there was something weird with the way alfred looked and i i couldn't put my finger on it and like i mean he looks like batman adventures volume two alfred with the gray mustache (laughs) and the gray eyebrows so which batman adventures volume two brings back the gray ghost maybe it's all connected connected. uh canon it's canon that's right (laughs) that's yeah i think it's one of those things when we talk about like the way batman looks i think as the show went on they also got better at we were talking about this a little bit with ted last week of like idiot proofing it from like a storyboard so they probably like don't do a storyboard shot where we're looking like where we're like we're below looking up at batman and it's kind of this weird side angle 
Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in the later episodes, they wouldn't have attempted that because mm-hmm. they're like, eh, animation can't really, the studio can't really pull that off. So let's just do more straight ahead shots or, you know, straight side profile shots instead of this weird sort of, it's like a little bit low and a little bit diagonal. I'm not a, I'm not a film guy, so I don't know what the, the camera angle would technically be called, but like. <laughs> just call it, just call it Dutch angles every time. Right. <laughs> encompasses everything right as far as i'm concerned that's but yeah that that's something i think about now i think especially this month going back to these really you know in the first like 20 or so produced where you know a lot of these were being I, before they even hit the air so you i always forget that this one came so early on just because like it does it, in many aspects it does look and feel like a later episode but yeah you're, you're right this was only like in production order this is only about seven episodes after alan burnett came on for two-face right so yeah i think i think there's things i think we see that in the visuals of these earlier episodes a lot more of things are like well we would probably storyboard this differently which would then help the animation studio maybe pull off a shot a little better than they would in these in some of these early Uh, ones they were still experimenting this may have even been before dan reba jumped on wow Early, early there. So Liam, your original score was a seven. Um, mine was a two, as I stated. <laughs> I, I would pull it up a little bit. I'd probably be a little bit more generous, probably give it a five or a six. Uh, there are still some things that look a little wonky, as we mentioned, but plenty plenty dynamic animation sequences, I think, that would make up for it uh, in nowadays and in, in, in reviewing as many episodes as we have. What about you? Yeah, I think I would probably stick with that, with that seven or so. Like I said, I think there's for, for everything we've we've all talked about there, I think there's just so many nice, simple things. And like like Maddie said, the, the background, the design of both Bruce's Grey Ghost shrine and then, you know, in, in Simon Trent's apartment, he has like a different Grey Ghost poster and you see like a gumball machine and little action figures and a like a piggy bank or something like all these little all these little intricate things in the, in the toy shop. I think you see like a creature from the black lagoon and a uh and like a lost in lost space. In space robot yep. so they're like there's you know as always like probably not something we ever talk about enough on our show but just yeah the, the intricate nature of a lot of these background designs was was really fantastic in this episode there you go all right let's move on to our next category which is going to be music uh, carl johnson Liam, you said was mm-hmm. responsible for music this week Man, uh, my original score for this one was a 10 out of 10. I don't think I would change that for all. All of King Midas is silver. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... it's. I you think, gave it a nine, by the okay, way. Okay, again, sometimes I feel like in those early days, I was just trying to be... <laughs> a contrarian. <laughs> yeah, be a little different. But uh, I mean, yeah, from that opening, when as soon as you get past the, the show open and that title card pops up and the, the-, the Grey Ghost scene kicks in, it's 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 one of those things that just makes you feel like you're you're 10 years old or you're eight years old again and you're watching you're watching this and you know in our parents basement so you're 10 years old watching bruce who's eight years old watch his hero on television that's right back to the inception (laughs) that's right yeah so it's definitely one of those i think it's one of those one of the more iconic like character themes throughout uh you know all the villains and everybody who had their their own unique themes i think this stands out as maybe one of the most unique pieces of music at least from this this first season yep maddie what about you well absolutely i mean there's not a lot of times where like score music stands out to me really because mm-hmm. like you know i've I, but right. like that's why you love like it sticks in your head it's so catchy mm-hmm. like 
it's it's perfect like the music here is is incredible i kind of hope that whoever composed it that they bring them back for cape crusader that okay, would be right? incredible yeah like, like i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a 10 it's amazing does voice performance count into this? Is it sound as a as a whole or is it just music? It's just music and then we're going to talk about voice acting in just a second, so. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the music's been incredible. What a great theme. Agreed. Bring bring, bring that person back for the Cape Crusader soundtrack. Who was it? Who did the music? Carl Johnson. Yeah, it wasn't one of the regular composers that I'm I was super familiar with, but uh but did a yeah did an absolutely phenomenal job the the way they also bring the theme and they play it like it sounds almost like like a piece of like disney music when it's like when he's like alone sad in his apartment mm-hmm. and it's played just like on the strings very somberly and and softly and then they even kind of bring you that- know why it feels like disney music what is he a, is he uh it looks as though carl johnson has done music for aladdin and the king of thieves okay. hunchback of notre dame 2 Piglet's Big Movie, Pooh's Grand Adventure, and Gargoyles the Movie. There you go. All <laughs> right. Like, 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 not, not, not the high tier Disney stuff, but yeah. a lot of the the stuff that they were like, we gotta get someone that has the style but doesn't cost a lot of money. It, precisely. <laughs> that can yeah perform the house style there. But yeah, I think, and the way that 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 sort of softer version of the music comes oh, back gosh. at the end when Bruce is talking to uh to Simon at the at the signing is great too. Yeah, I, I even think the pieces in between uh, the, the car chases when the cars get going at the end and then the car chase as the remote control cars are chasing the Batmobile, the, mm-hmm. the music for that, uh, which sounds completely different than the sweeping tones of mm-hmm. the Grey Ghost theme are, are also equally memorable and, and really punctuate those scenes really well. So, yeah. yeah. High scores, high scores from all of us, I'd say. Yeah, I, I think it's Maddie. You talked about how much like this, this Grey Ghost character feels like it's based on those pulp like, '40s and '50s radio serial characters, like mm-hmm. the Shadow, or even like right. I feel like if you li- listen to this melodically, it almost feel it can almost be like the the Max Fleischer Superman theme. Mm-hmm. Like if you cha- change, like you go down instead of up with the Grey Ghost version, but it's that like da da da, and it's like da da da, like it, it's very. Right. I, I could see like, that. So it's like take that that same idea of like the 1940s and 50s serial, you know, radio serials or 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 animated shorts of of that era and and the heroes of of that time and kind of bringing that into this at the time modern modern cartoon. So it's yeah, it's a really really tremendous piece of music love it all right let's move on to our final category the aforementioned voice acting selection here not a huge cast again this week because we don't have a ton of characters but some notable voices that we've already mentioned in passing here liam let's talk about the, the voice cast for the week yes as uh, as briefly mentioned by maddie earlier we have joe uh, lehigh or lee at uh, as uh, as the narrator of beware the gray ghost <laughs> who was, uh, of course, the narrator on Freakazoid, also for voice. They brought him over there because of this episode. I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what Tom Ruger was saying. Oh, that's incredible. A, yeah. Tremendous. That's Tremendous. Uh, and, and Batman makes a cameo in the first episode of Freakazoid with that announcer in there. So it's all, there you go. it all connects here. Full circle. Absolutely. So again, very much perfect for, for what they're going for, again, for the you know, the, the the shadow, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men type voiceover for the Grey Ghost here. Yep. So great there. Uh, another really, really like prolific, one of those names, Jeff Glenn Bennett, we talk about a lot. 
uh, voiced the Joker on the Brave and the Bold cartoon, voiced Johnny Bravo, probably most famously. There you go. He was also uh, the Creeper, parentheses, Jack Ryder. Close parentheses. Close parentheses. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So uh, lots of his name tends to pop up a lot on on our show, but uh, him him having a smaller role here as the uh, the video store clerk that we see at the uh, a completely different voice than we're used to for him. Yeah, a lot of it didn't even register to me that Mm -hmm. it was Jeff. Yeah, until I yeah until I saw it in the credits, I wouldn't have been able to to pull it out there. But yeah, we do briefly have some of our regulars, Marie Devon as uh, as Summer Gleason. Briefly, we have Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon. Of course, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred. He um, just prefers his fireplace. Yeah, he just shows up to, <laughs> to nag Bruce for liking television. <laughs> just wait until the gray ghost jumps into that fireplace. Like. <laughs> Uh, Alfred's gonna be fucked he yes. would watch that <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh of course our our main our main actors who we're going to be sharing uh most of our, our time talking about here are going to be of course playing the role of Ted Dimer aka the Mad Bomber is uh is none other than than Bruce Bruce W Tim himself um and obviously the character model as we as we chatted about briefly also based on him so I, I don't I don't know maybe you would be able to shed some light on this Maddie if it was always intended for for Bruce Tim to play the character or just as it evolved they're like well if we made him look like Bruce Bruce should just play him too like I don't know what point that uh, that came into the uh, the episode yeah so that was that was another part of uh, the the Ruger interview and I think it, it bled over into the uh, he he interviewed Andrea Romano on the same podcast but mm-hmm. but essentially what the idea seemed to be was that they wanted Bruce Tim for the role and they had to coax him into it uh, <laughs> because, you know, he, this is, this is the early days of BTAS. Right. Obviously they they've already got all, all these like small hiccups that they have that are, that are making it to where it's not necessarily the show they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Tim's, you know, in his head about that kind of stuff. And, and, and he says, uh, he says to to them, "No, we have all of these incredible voice talent. Why would we waste the time with me?" <laughs> and, and and Tom Ruger basically had to butter him up and be like, "Because it's 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 you. You right. have like 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 walk into your office. Look at all of these toys that you have on all of your shelves. Mm. And besides, when are you gonna get the chance to act like across from Adam West again? Like right. you grew up on Adam West. Like this is." you and and andrea romano was saying that like you know loves love the performance to death but she feels like if she was able to get him in there and redo it all again it'd be even better today (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure yeah now that he's had so many other roles uh under his belt you know he's he's got a lot more experience the j-man stuff really opened up (laughs) opened up you know his eyes to what it means to be a voice actor that's right at least the romano cut that's that's right (laughs) uh tremendous uh, and and of course so rounding out the cast you have you have adam west who uh you know we we know from very very small roles including the cowboy in the uh, three stooges movie i believe ah, yeah uh, I think he, he, wasn't wasn't he the 
mayor on Family Guy? Yes, well, that's yeah, right. I, I think you're yes. right. Yes, I believe he and did. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like some small character called Catman yeah. uh, on Fairly Odd Parents. That's right. There you go. Filled up every now and then. <laughs> Tremendous. Yes, but uh, I mean, in all seriousness, playing. We talked about it when we originally recorded the this episode. Uh, you know, playing essentially himself, an actor who was typecast. Uh, it, it, it didn't get many roles after his uh, his initial role as a memorable role as Batman, uh, you know, being able to sort of pour that emotion and and likely what may have been his own struggle, probably, hopefully not like living in the slums and stuff like that. But I imagine there was a time where he was he was uh, struggling to find work and could identify with that. But mm-hmm. uh, oh, it was it was it, it was very like, like, like hits home kind of thing uh, in part of part of that Andrea Romano mm-hmm. interview she was talking about uh, how they cast Adam mm-hmm. and like, she got in touch with the agent and was just like, look, you got to have him call me. I want to explain this to him. Like, 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 like beat for beat. I don't want him to think we're satirizing him. I don't want him to be blindsided, get him to call me so that I can talk this through with him. <laughs> and, uh, and, and almost immediately on that call, he was just like, yep, yep. All good. Let's do it. There you go. Well, I mean, thank God, because I think, it's one of the more notable, memorable voice castings for the entire series. And he only played him in this one episode. It's, you know, I feel like it ranks up there with when you talk about the, the voices of this show. Most people can remember the time that Adam West guest starred because of this episode. So it's a, it's a definitely a memorable, memorable uh, role for him. And certainly uh, there are parts of it, as you mentioned, where he has to be very emotional and, and downtrodden over the fact that he's, poor destitute and not likely to be able to pay his rent the next month some of the interactions that he has with batman you know something you recognize that sound this is harassment i'm calling the police we know the next bomb is going to hit the gotham library help me Here's your answer. Take it and go, please. I used to admire what the Grey Ghost stood for. I'm not the Grey Ghost. I can see that now. Uh, In the cave and then ultimately culminating with uh, the the end scene there the heartwarming end scene where bruce essentially reveals to him that he's batman uh it's it's done really well and and him and him and kevin conroy play off each other so so well it, it, just such great chemistry for two of the the more memorable batmen of uh, of, of the last you know hundred well Batman has been around hundred years, but for the last for the last uh, on screen performances, at least uh, for Batman. So really, out of, out of the last eighty three years, I'd say they're two of the most memorable. <laughs> they are two of the yeah. They are two of the performances that have happened in the last eighty three years. I think we, <laughs> they are definitely two of them. Yeah, I feel like this this passing of the torch thing is maybe more common now. Like like when 
the guy who played the flash in the 90s cbs series came back and played barry allen's dad on the new cw series it's like i feel like those sort of homages and you know thanking the people that came before you is maybe a bit more commonplace now for these for these big franchise things you know like Lou Ferrigno showing up as a cameo in the Hulk movies or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, but at the time, I don't know that this was quite so commonplace. So to not only to get him in, but to have him then play, you know, perhaps a more overly dramatized version, but a version of his real life story of playing a superhero. And then afterwards, you know, and being on top of the world for a few years. And then once it all goes away, he's got, kind of just the memories of who he used to be and and not a lot not a lot to show for it there and how empty he sort of feels and then this this chance to sort of re-embody that heroic role both in the sh- in the fictional show and for for Adam West getting to come back and play a play a, a hero coming out of retirement to to save the day one last time it's 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 incredible like yeah and I, I think I think part of what uh what makes it so much better is that like you know even though it is kind of based on Adam West's life post Batman uh it gave him the ability to show a range that maybe not a lot of people uh were used to out of adam west because you know he he did mostly campy comedy stuff with Mm -hmm. with batman Mm -hmm. and now he's coming back and being like i'm a drama star yeah and 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 just like bruce bringing back the gray ghost the, the the this show kind of brought back adam west because it was able to be like look he's more than just this he's right he's a guy that's got that's got talent um so the original score i gave this was a 10 out of 10 i think that i i'd stick with that in a heartbeat just because of the the performances we already talked about liam yours was an 8 out of 10 i didn't like if i memory serves i was not a fan of of bruce tim's uh mad bomber performance i think that's properly proper uh, again like there's a nostalgic factor for me i still think he's so over the top in that last scene where which is really his only true like villainous scene other than you know the one scene earlier where he tells simon trent that he you know he can't sell any more gray ghost merch or whatever but uh he's just so over the top and and silly but again maybe that also goes into the homage because again if you ever watch the adam west show that was kind of the whole point was that all every villain as silly and cartoonish as Batman and Robin were in that show, the villains were even more, you know, robust and over the top and verbose and screaming and ranting and raving their villainous plans and everything. So I, yeah, I, I think maybe I, w- I would bump that up to a nine or a 10 maybe now, but I, I think, I think it's still, it does feel very like, he's doing an impression of a Saturday morning cartoon villain to me when, That's he's, when he's in that, in those last couple scenes there. Maddie, what about you? What was your score? I mean, I'll, I'll give it a nine as well. Um, and I, you know, resting also on that Bruce Tim uh, performance. I mean, I do think that like, if you don't know that it's Bruce Tim, uh, it, it's not bad bad enough to take you out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but if you know that it's Bruce Tim, then all of a sudden you're just thinking, damn that's bruce tim and you know who am i who am i who am i to argue with andrea romano that it could be better right yes (laughs) valid point there 
All right. Uh, well, we now have to do what we like to call math here, Maddie. So you have to add up your scores. If you can't, then I, I can add them up for you. But I trust oh, you. Did, you did, did you write mine down? I did. Yes, I did. It looks what, like totaling what, what up Maddie's, we have a 30. What, 36.5 or something? 36.5. Yeah. So 28 and 29 were our original scores. Um, so Maddie, I think, I think brings that score up. Ours would probably be a little bit higher if we were rescoring scoring today. And then the last thing we grade things on here, Maddie is rewatchability, which is, you know, if you're sitting down and you're watching this, is this, uh, does it fall under one of these categories? It's, uh, essential to the entire DCAU. It's essential to the show that it's on, uh, the BTAS run, or is it just something maybe that you would not skip on a rewatch if you're watching Batman, the animated series, like, and I'd say this is a this is yeah two thumbs up for rewatchability because of everything that we talked about today as far as what's connected kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean it hits all three of those, uh, right? I mean it's important to the DCAU because he comes back it comes back around an epilogue, yep. uh, you know, and that if that's not really where you're heading to and the Batman Beyond you rewatch like but Batman Beyond he yeah pops up yeah 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 uh so so you know there's that it's important to this specific show because it gives you know backstory on Bruce as a child and it it, it gives you before before the murder mm -hmm. kind of and and and, it, and it's really the only episode to do that I mm -hmm. think uh so you know you got to have it in there for that Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just in particular, this episode's a 36.5 out of 40. So, yeah, it's pretty strong. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think that like out of Batman, the animated series as a whole, this is like one of the most revered episodes. I, I, I'm I'm sure it's in the top five. It might even be in the top three. I feel like the top three are like this almost got them and um uh, I'm blanking on the other one. heart of ice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure, you know, if you extend it to four, you got, you got leather wings, but like, mm -hmm. I don't know what the fifth one would be, but this is definitely like in the, in the top four at the very least. For sure. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'd, I'd say, yeah, two thumbs up. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is, yeah, this is a pretty easy uh, uh, rewatch re and going back to it to rewatch it for the show. And it's one I'll, I'll go back and once you start doing this, and I'm sure Maddie, you can, you can sympathize with this. Like, once this is like a thing you do kind of, it's not a job, but something that you do for a profession, uh, it can be hard to also then go back to visit this material just for fun sometimes. Cause you're like, well, I spent so much of my life dealing with it. Like <laughs> that, the truth. There's a, there's, so. a, there's a reason the Superman, the animated series timeline doesn't exist yet. <laughs> right. Like, it's just like, I've spent so much time dealing with this stuff for the show do i really want to also spend my whatever free time i have between work and whatever going back to this but this is one where you're like you know if i needed to kill like 20 if i had like a half hour to kill and i just need to put something on while i you know to have some background noise like this is on the short list of ones i you know you, you throw on i think for that 100 there's a reason that despite the fact there's not another gray ghost episode there's like a gray ghost issue of every single Batman, the animated mm -hmm. series, uh, uh, tie in book. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, Batman adventures got one Gotham adventures, got one Batman adventures, volume two, got one Batman team and T ventures got one. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if B tech got one yet, but it sure has got a beautiful cover by Jordan Gibson. Yep. Like yes. this, yeah. uh, this episode, like 
has has lasted the test of time and touched a lot of people to the point where like they keep throwing him in. He's even making his way into the not DCAU stuff now. I heard he was in like uh, uh, White Knight, and I think they they brought him into like the main continuity mm-hmm. at some point recently. Like yeah, he, yeah, he's popped up in like little yeah. You'll see like a po- a movie poster or something in a comic book for Beware the Great Ghost. Ark- the Arkham games. Arkham he games. Yep. He's, a, he's a playable. Wasn't. And he's a, he's a, he's Lego in Batman, Batman Lego Batman three, right? Yes. There's, like, a, there's an animated series pack and, and he's one of the characters in it. So it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But for whatever reason, even though it's, it's one, you know, on screen appearance throughout, throughout all these shows. Uh, but it was, it was that impactful and that impactful to not only, you know, not only to the, the in universe, the fictional characters, but to obviously all of the people who have made who've made content based on 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 these series since then so yeah it's it's incredible and it was it was a hoot going back to it this week absolutely all right well that will begin to wrap things up for this week thank you for joining us maddie thank you so much for being uh, our guest this week our special guest correspondent uh we will now allow you plenty of time to plug anything that you have uh coming up so we know zeta month is on the horizon there but anything else that you want to plug feel free to do so thanks for having me um tomorrow tomorrow we are releasing the prologue to zeta month the prologue to zeta month the 20 to 25 minute long watch tower database story that explains where the zetas came from how they're here it's been hints we've been like really trying to like like hold on and pull back and 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 not tell people specifically that they were coming but we wanted them to be like oh now that they're here we can go back and look at all so we want someone to do like a a movie details channel just for your your guys's lore oh we did a full live stream that is available on the pod tower to watch uh that goes through all of our storyline i gotta be honest i was incredibly tired that whole day and (laughs) i'm sure james and i talked over some stuff that we could have probably added uh additional context to uh but we did that after um after releasing batman and harley quinn will it can and go watch that now watch that now if you want the full thing we got we got the i've got maddie in my basement uh uh playlist you can search it up on youtube um but i also just recently made a zeta month catch-up playlist nice. uh it, it's called the zetas are coming the zetas are coming <laughs> uh, so if you want to put that in your youtube bar go right ahead and hopefully it's been on YouTube long enough that it'll show up in the search results. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are those are the main things to plug. Well, check that out. Again, if you're listening to this episode and you're one of the very few people that listen to our podcast that also enjoys Ada because we know that number exists, uh, <laughs> go ahead and check that out if you haven't. Have, have you all just like looked at the floor of like your, your least popular? Zeta episode and been like okay that is the amount yep. yeah yeah pretty We've much done that. We're like, <laughs> all right well well we don't have to spend two minutes we're gonna triple up on these the next time we're gonna have three zeta episodes in one episode that's <laughs> that'll get all those people get those fills and we don't have to have a month straight where people are just like mm, i'm gonna skip this one i'm not gonna not gonna tune in for that one and and hey stick around because uh the end of zeta month actually bleeds into december all right. Ooh, Very all excited. Right. Excited to see what's in store. Uh, man, at, 
you folks do just some incredible work there. And we, we are, are quite enjoy, we, we enjoy it and are great consumers of your products. So uh, the more that you put out, regardless of our love or care about Zeta, we'll, we'll continue con to consume it. So uh, thanks for all the work that you guys do. And, and, and thanks for, thanks for coming on the podcast today, Maddie. It was a great. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to, to blast in on other people's stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Can't wait Make to have you on. We'll have you on again in the future to talk uh, about more fun stuff. Maybe we'll have you on for uh, for the next Zeta project review. Oh, do it. Do it. Let's do it. Wow. Awesome. Leon, that was such a great time. Uh, we completed uh, completed the the unofficial Watchtower database month. And uh, <laughs> man, what a, what a great episode to go out on. So uh, so much fun, and uh, thanks to Maddie and uh, and the rest of the Watchtower database for coming on and, and reviewing these last several episodes with us. And uh, don't forget, if you're looking to support our podcast, you can check out uh, DCAU Review both on Twitter and Instagram. You can also, if you want to support us monetarily, you can uh, use the link at the bottom of our anchor.fm. It's anchor.fm slash DCAU Review. You can click on that link and donate to us directly or go over to DCAUReview.com and click on the store tab, get yourself some merchandise and support us that way. Uh, Liam, we are going to continue here in this month. No special guest correspondent lined up as of right now for next week, but we will continue with another uh, revisited episode, a re-review, if you will, next week. And we are very excited to do just that as we continue here celebrating the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series. That's right. And if you're listening to this on the day or the day after it comes out, you want to head to our Twitter at DCAU Review. We're doing a poll for our last episode of this re-review. Uh, there is a fifth Saturday, which we'll probably be looking at a, as as per usual. We'll be doing a, an Elseworlds review for that week, but we have one more regular re-review to look at, and you're going to have some choices here. Really, it's it's. Do you want? Do you like us? <laughs> do you want to extend our suffering? Because I'm going to put some of our least favorite uh, episodes from the early days of our show. Those being fear, fear of victory, and the underdwellers in there. But I'm also going to put nothing to fear in there, mm -hmm. and uh, and maybe one other wild card choice that, as of recording, I'm not sure what it'll be yet. But uh, the power is yours. Oh boy! Uh, and uh, so yeah, we will uh, we will announce the results of that poll probably in the middle of uh, middle of the coming week, and uh, we'll uh, we'll move forward from there. But yes, uh, definitely head to at DCAU Review on Twitter. And uh, let us know which ones you'd like us to take a more uh, detailed look at uh, from these early days episodes of Batman the Animated Series that we looked at. There you go. You can also, uh, if you listen to us on Spotify, use the poll option on Spotify. You can also vote there as we list those as we drop the episode as well. So let your voice be heard and please be kind to us. It's all that we ask. Please be kind. <laughs> if we have to review the Underdwellers for a second time, uh, it will not be very pretty. I'll just say that. But it, either way, whatever we end up reviewing, it's going to be a great time next week. Cannot wait, you. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.